Well, today we are in our first day of our series on the book of Acts, which is another way of saying we're in our first chapter of the second novel of the story that we've been building up to over the past six weeks with Lent and Palm Sunday, and then the celebration of Easter, right? If you didn't know, Book of Acts is the novel two, the second part of the writer Luke and Acts. And so the same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke then writes the Gospel of Acts. And what we read today is just the recap to the story before. And so if you've ever been, like, whatever the sitcom is that you watch, I know Ashley and I, we've been watching This Is Us, or trying to finish up, I know it's done, but we're trying to finish up that, and it always says, last time on This Is Us, right? You know, like, they have the the what happened before. That's where we find ourselves here, because the Gospel of Luke ends with Jesus leaving the disciples, and then it starts in Acts with reminding the same. But the feeling here in the room, let's be honest, as well as the feeling of the disciples is kind of the feeling that you get in the sequel movies, right? I can't help but think, you know, like, one, it might be, well, why did they make a sequel? Or two, it might be the first one ended with such gusto and, like, excitement that the second one all of a sudden starts totally slow and you're just like waiting. I can't help, I know, I know that not all of us watch this, but a few years ago, we were watching the Avengers movies, right? So a number of years ago, and they had a two-part to this end of like all of these Marvel movies that they had been making. I only think about that because on TV lately, they've been showing commercials for a number of new ones that are going to be coming out this summer, but as I was preparing for this sermon, I was thinking about that because they had two parts to this Avengers movie series at the end. And the first one was the Infinity Stone Wars, the Infinity Wars, and the second one was Endgame. And, and if you don't know about this movie series, the first one was pretty intense to begin with, right? I mean, it was like Marvel to the max, like all the like spaceships and superheroes, everyone was just going to town in this giant war. And the movie, sorry, spoiler alert, ends with them losing. Right? It ends with the ultimate bad guy that you could ever imagine snapping his fingers and then a, a significant percentage, like half of the universe's population is just gone like that. Just like that, all of a sudden everything is gone and the entire movie ends like that. And so the, it begins with this endgame series just kind of like slow and what, what is, and every, the, all these superheroes that you know, like you got Thor, you got Captain America, they're all just devastated trying to figure out what do they do next? What do they do next? And, and I share that because if you have seen the movie, you know the feeling a little bit of where the disciples are at in this. Because, I mean, look around you just for a moment, yeah? Just for a moment. There are not the amount of people and the, like, the colorful dresses that are here in the sanctuary. I know it's good to be here, but post-Easter, you know, is a reality, right? You know, we're all kind of like coming down, you know, just detoxing a little bit. We all made it in our Sunday best. We got the picture by the cross, and now we're picking ourselves up a little bit, trying just to figure out the rhythm. You had your Easter parties, the multiple egg hunts that you probably went to if you have little ones, and you did all the things, and now you're ready to chill for a moment. 
Well, the disciples are in that space. They're in that space. And, and in fact, the thing is, is that they don't really know what to do, nor do they know what has really happened over the past time. The, but the crazy thing is that for the writer of Luke and Acts, the ultimate climax of the story was not last week. And think about that. That's crazy. Because we think about Easter and Christmas. They're like the big days, right? The most important things in all of Christianity. But who ends a two-part novel with the most important thing in the middle, right? No one does that. No, like, literature, like, novelist would ever do that in the same way that even though the, the second part of the Avengers starts slow and it's hard to imagine, I mean, the end of the Avengers, I mean, that... Mind blown. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But if you have read all of the book of Acts, you might not know what I'm talking about. Because the book of Acts doesn't necessarily seem to be this, like, mind-blown, amazing thing that you expect. That was Easter, right? The tomb rolled back. Nothing can stop God. But God's greatest hope and God's greatest achievement in the world is not through the cross and the resurrection. That the writer of Acts, the real climax of the story, is I think the, the craziest thing that God ever does, and I've said this so many times, is when God hands the baton to you and me. When God hands the baton to you and me. And Jesus says to them, you will do greater things. And if you know Jesus, Jesus didn't travel very far in his ministry, right? I mean, 60, 90 miles, I mean, not, not, not crazy. But then he says, you will be my witnesses in this region, in the region around us, in the entire world, that you will do greater things than these. But what are those greater things? Because I imagine those of you sitting here might be wondering even still, it's 2,000 years post-Jesus. What are those greater things, Jesus, that you're talking about? And if you're asking that question, have ever asked that question, you find yourself right in the seat of where the disciples are. Jesus had rolled away the stone, had conquered death, but then right after, usually what we do over the next 40 days is we spend time in the book of Acts, but we wait for the scripture of today to the Sunday before Pentecost, which is later on in May, or 40 days after Easter. It's Pentecost Sunday. Because Pentecost Sunday is when the gift of the Holy Spirit comes, and we celebrate that. We're going to be talking about that next week. And this week, we went right ahead to the Ascension. And I think it's vitally important for us in this journey as we talk about the book of Acts and specifically about the work of the Holy Spirit. But just for a moment, the reason why in the litur liturgical calendar that we wait till Ascension Sunday, which is 40 days after Easter, is because that's exactly what we're told in the writer of Acts happened. That Jesus rose from the grave and then he spent 40 days with some of his followers teaching and talking with them. 
But you want to know what's super interesting to me? Is that he says he spends 40 days, and one of the key points, the key points that he talks about is the kingdom of God. That, that he spends 40 days proving that he actually rose from the dead. You know, so those Thomases out there that I need to touch Jesus to, like, actually know that Jesus raised, and teaching about the kingdom of God. And you want to know what the disciples say to him at the end of that 40 days? They looked at Jesus and they go, okay, Jesus, so when are you going to take out Rome? <laughs> right? And we talked about this last week. We talked about this last week. He, I mean, they literally, he spent the time. He did all of the conquering death, like all those things that we talked about. And then 40 days intensive course with Jesus post-resurrection. And they look at him and they say, when are you going to conquer Rome? So, so when's this kingdom thing happening, Jesus? When's it over? When's the real climax? Because that's what they were looking for. They were looking for the end game. If the Avengers movie, the, the time when they defeat that bad guy that devastated the world, they were looking for that scene. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen during the 40 days. And then they look at him after talking about the kingdom and they go, so when's it going to happen again? And then you know what Jesus does? <laughs> he takes the baton, he gives it to them, and Mike drops and floats off into sky, right? <laughs> this, I mean, that sounds crazy. That's literally what the novel did. He gives them, I don't know, if you're going with the Avengers theme, he gives them Thor's hammer, right? You know, just gives them this. Of course, they couldn't pick it up, do anything with it. They knew nothing about it. And then it says, take it and then pieces out, and says, it's on you. And you know what I think, though? Since that time, 2,000 years, many of us in the church still sit there and ask Jesus the exact same question, right? So, Jesus, when is it going to happen finally, you know? And then every time something in the news happens, we, we ask ourselves the same thing. We find ourselves looking up and saying, when's it going to happen again? So, you know, when Russia invades Ukraine, we find ourselves looking up and saying, when, when's this going to happen again? When, when COVID hits and everything's going crazy in our lives, we find ourselves looking up and said, okay, when's this going to happen again? And when, you know, you lose your job or, or you're, you're, you know, having tension with your spouse or, you know, a loved one ends up in the hospital, you find yourselves what? Looking up, asking for, you know, when's, when's it going to change? But as those disciples were looking up, expecting Jesus to overthrow Rome, what do those two figures in the clouds say? Why are you looking up? <laughs> Why are you looking up? And the rest of the story, friends, the rest of the story of the book of Acts is the disciples who still didn't quite figure it out trying to figure it out. <laughs> but there's a key ingredient in all of it, that although Jesus leaves us, God does not abandon us. That God is present with us in the Holy Spirit. But what's the Holy Spirit? <laughs> and what's the work in our lives? And that's what we're going to explore just a little bit. 
But you want to know what it's probably not going to be? The expectation that they had of Jesus to begin with. After 40 days of speaking about the kingdom and then looking at Jesus and saying, so when are you going to fix the problem at hand, Jesus? When's this going to happen? Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that either. The Holy Spirit just doesn't magically fix things. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and empower us to, like, you know, bring the power and might of God into the world. But the Holy Spirit does something else, transforms us, changes us from that which we were to the newness of life that God has in store for us and for the world around us. And so my question is, is what in your life do you expect that kingdom of God to look like? And what do you expect that kingdom of God to look like in the world? And where it will always begin is the way we began our, ser- our worship this morning is like this. That the, the work of God now on task is a work of receiving the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so if you go out the sanctuary and you actually look at the sign for the Acts series, and I know we didn't have a bulletin this week, but we might get there again, and it'll be on the front. It'll say Acts, and the subtitle would be The Often Disruptive and Unexpected Power of the Holy Spirit. The Often Disruptive and Unexpected Power of the Holy Spirit. Because most of us are looking up, right? Like the disciples, waiting for the kingdom. And so we're like, yeah, come on, let's do it. But the reality is, is that we're going to receive something totally unexpected most of the time. And although it won't look like what we had imagined or what we had hoped for, the power of God is there in our midst And so our goal, our desire is to embody the church, to embody God in the world. And I think that, that, you know, sometimes um, I I can speak to y'all, I I spent time in the South for a little bit, because you're all the faithful few, right? (laughs) If you're online with us, if you're in person with us, you came the Sunday after Easter. Pat yourself on the back, right? You know, I mean, you're here, right? But I think how people come sometimes to church reflects also how they expect God to work in their lives, which is they come like this. What's the event that we're going to do? Where's the Easter egg hunt? You know, what's the activity that we got going on? Where's the small group? What's the things? But in the same way that many of us who find ourselves the faithful few are some of the ones who step up the first time when asked, to get involved, to to join the small group, not just join it, but to lead it, to say, hey, what do you need? How can I help you? What can we do, right? It's not just about the church. I'm not, and if you don't do that in the church, I'm not guilting you in this way, but I think that that's the same thing as we live our lives as disciples in the world. The angels say, why are you looking up? 
Yes, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, but we also embody it, that we go and we be it. So the biggest thing about this entire book of Acts, and I think that this is the powerful, the powerful moment, that the handing the baton means that at one point you will start running. At one point you will start being the one that's going to take the lead and take the charge. And the thing is, is it's not just in Jerusalem. It's not just here in this church that the goal of us gathering, receiving the Holy Spirit, asking God to be in us, is that wherever you go, remember we talked about going out and running last week, being Easter people that run like the disciples, maybe not sure of what's going to happen, but you run with the good news? That's the goal of Acts and the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would start running, taking the work of God, the mission of God, receive the baton, and start going. And that's the greatest miracle that God ever does, is it takes you who limps, who doesn't even know where the track is, <laughs> who might not even know what it means to run this race, and says, okay, you got it. And, and if you say to yourself, well, I don't know, right? I'm not sure about this. Have my doubts. Don't worry, the disciples 2,000 years ago, they didn't understand at all what was supposed to happen. They kept looking for the wrong thing, right? Kept looking for the wrong thing. But God gives them the baton and starts and tells them, go and run. And literally, almost every prophet throughout the entire narrative of the Bible, from beginning to end, you want to know what they say? Can't do it. I'm no good. I'm not equipped to be this. Pastor Brian, you don't know me. You don't know how I argue. You don't know uh, whatever, the, the doubts, whatever it is. But every single prophet said it. And you know what happens? God gives them the baton and says, I will give you what you need. And the disciples who looked up to heaven for God to fix everything, he says to them, I will give you what you need, my very presence, the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, though, if you take the baton, be ready to be changed because where you thought you might run will veer off to the right. You might have thought you were going the distance. God might have involved, asked you to run the 100-meter dash. <laughs> we don't know, because that thing that God gives us, the Holy Spirit, changes us, and change involves disruption, and change it's unexpected. So friends, I invite us to this journey of pressing in to the Holy Spirit and to live out the greatest act of God in the world, to follow in the book of Acts. Because spoiler alert, did you know the book of Acts doesn't end with the climax? 
Do you want to know why it doesn't end with the climax? You're the climax. You're the climax.